Welcome back to Growing in His Word. Um, yeah, last week, man, was pretty cool. Uh, a blind man can see, a lame man walked, everywhere Jesus went. Listen, people were amazed at his miracle powers. And you see, John, you know, he uses the miracles as an organizing principle in, the, in his gospel. And so he calls them all semia or signs, indicating that each miracle was a concrete demonstration of Jesus Christ's divinity and Messiahship. So, you know, their purpose was basically to, you know, engender belief as they did for the disciples, you know. And the nobleman's household, you know, was was a, was a an earmark for that. But but these same miracles would incite some to anger and violence. And see John's recording these seven specific signs and the first was Jesus, the miracle of turning the water into wine. And we went over that. It was amazing. I mean, they filled up these pots. Everybody thought they were going to get drunk. <clears throat> Excuse me. And they didn't get drunk. They they were they got married and they were they had fun and you know they 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 had a great time. And John specifically mentions that this sign signifies Christ's glory, and and that's his deity. So you know, lots of signs that happen in the Bible. A lot of signs in the Book of John. And I want to recap why because Jesus, you know, these signs demonstrated. Um, his creative power over nature and his disciples appropriately place their faith in him like we need to. Because we as believers need to uh, need to put our faith in him like it says in Hebrews chapter 11. And so I just want <clears throat> to recap and go over, you know, some stuff. Because the second sign was Jesus' healing of the nobleman's son. And, you know, although the son was in Capernaum and Jesus was in, in Cana... He told the boy's father, your son lives. And so you see the faith where Jesus didn't have to be there to lay hands on him. He physically thought it in his mind and it was done. And so this sign indicates that Jesus was more than a mere mortal. And, you know, he possessed the power not only to defeat diseases, but to transcend space. So he pretty much, you're thinking, well, what does that mean? It means, what it means is, it means that Jesus doesn't have to be physically present to heal somebody. And, you know, these signs were done to, you know, let people know that God is real and that they were written in the Bible for us to remember. So, Father, as we come before you, Lord, we just ask that you speak through us through your word in Jesus' name. But see, the third sign, but with the third sign, another reaction to Jesus' miracle can be seen. You know, see, it was the man at the pool of Bethesda. Okay? Um, he was sick for a long time. Remember? And Jesus told him, rise, take up your bed and walk. It was in chapter 5, remember? And immediately he was well. And Jesus told him, man, don't go be sinning anymore. You seen him later on in the temple and he told him, you know, don't, don't sin anymore. But the guy was so sick for years and Jesus healed him for a reason. But this healing took place on the Sabbath instead of rejoicing with the healed man, the Jewish leaders... You know, they reprimanded 
you know, the guy for carrying his bed on the Sabbath. But the Jewish leaders' tradition and ideas kept them basically from believing in the clear signs of Jesus. And so, you know, we, we're in John chapter 10, and and we're going into the signs in the past. We're recapping on the past. This is the new chapter. Last week, the blind, last week, last, not last meek. I mean, the meek shall inherit the earth. But last week, we, we spoke about in growing in his word how Jesus, you know, was put out of the synagogues and that the families that believed in Jesus were put out of the synagogues and that the Jews had three types of excommunications. One was lasting 30 days and, you know, the other ones were, you know, you couldn't stand within six feet of anybody. Or basically, you know, it was, it was, you were excluded from the fellowship forever. And so, you know, they lost their families, but they didn't lose Jesus. And that's what I want to tell you today, that, that, that the fourth sign was Jesus' miracle of feeding the 5,000. And Jesus is going to feed us no matter what we go through. So by creating a great quantity of food out of these five loaves, these, remember these loaves and these two fishes? Jesus was again demonstrating his deity. For only God can do this. He can only create a, you know, a little kid's fish he took out of his hand and make and feed more than 5,000 people. But the crowd insisted of submitting to Jesus' teaching and following him. And that's what we need to do. We need to submit to Jesus and follow him. And we want to make, listen, Jesus want listen, and and they wanted to make Jesus their earthly king. And they sought out Jesus for the food for their stomachs and 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 not for the spiritual food and that would give them eternal life and so jesus is saying today don't seek me for my physical food don't seek me for my hummus seek me for my my eternal salvation i gave you water at the well i gave you the the food to eat i made the food spiritual food and don't seek me because of physical, but seek me because of spiritual taste of me. You're thinking, how do we grow and, and, and how do we do this? Well, growing in his word teaches you verse by verse. And that's why we cover verse by verse, chapter by chapter through the Bible so that you can see and taste God's love and mercy. And so Jesus is showing the fifth signs by walking on the water. But before that, Jesus on the fourth miracle was the food feeding, but they were hungry. Not for physical food, but for spiritual food that would give them eternal life. So we need believers to focus on the spiritual food that Jesus offers us and that he gives us that will never quench. And we, we think to ourselves, how do we do this? And it's, it's, it's not by grumbling. It's not by, you know, and this, this last week, this last two weeks, we see the coronavirus taking people by storm, elderly and people with underlying health problems, and we pray for them. And, and, and we see the trials and in the, in the, in the, in the hurts and the issues, but we focus on the signs and the miracles that Jesus wants to do in our lives. 
And though we are spiritually blind, physically blind, we're also spiritually blind. Man, I'll be honest with you. I'd rather be physically blind than spiritually. Because at least if you're blind physically, you know, I mean, you can't see, but you don't know where you're going. I mean, you bump in the walls, but you can you can see by touching in a stick. And Jesus will unblind you spiritually. You can see where you're going after life. This is the key. Knowing where we want to go in life. Knowing where Jesus wants us. And knowing that we can depend on the Good Shepherd for everything. Jesus is beyond the Good Shepherd. Listen, we're going through a lot in this country. And Jesus knows this. And He's with us. But we need to submit to the Father. We need to submit to Jesus. Because His miracles are beyond anything that we could ever do. And so as we go through John chapter 10... We're going to see the miracles and, and how Jesus, you know, before that, we're going to see the fifth sign that Jesus walked on water. Nobody can walk on water. Jesus, on the, seven, on, on, on the fifth sign, he, he walked on water. After feeding the 5,000, you know, the disciples took a boat across to the Sea of Galilee. We talked about that on their way to Capernaum. When they were there for three or four miles out, Jesus was seen walking on the water. It was documented. It's true. It's there. We need to trust Jesus. And the sixth sign was basically the Pharisees were spiritually blinded. And Jesus, you know, here he is. He healed the blind man. Look at this. We talked about that. And now let's move on to John chapter 10. And we'll get on to the last miracles of the seventh miracle. Because Lazarus was dead and Jesus raised him. And Lazarus was buried for four days when Jesus arrived in Bethany. And with the simple words, Lazarus came out when Jesus, and Jesus restored his life. And Jesus wants to restore your life right now. So we go on to the Good Shepherd in chapter 10 where it says, Most surely I say to you, He who does not enter the sheepfold by the door but climbs up some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the doorkeeper opens... And the sheep hear his voice. And he calls his own sheep by his name and leads them out. And when he brings, listen to this, and when he brings them out of, the, out, out of his own sheep, he goes before them. And the sheep follow him for they know his voice. And when you become a believer and follow Jesus, you become a sheep. We become an innocent sheep. I mean, even though we're not innocent, we become sheep. We're born again. Yet they will by no means follow a stranger, says in verse 5. Yet they will know, by no means follow a stranger, but will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. Why? Because there's false prophets, false leaders, religious, spiritual false leaders, who say they're wolves, they're hirelings, and they think that they, they're thieves and robbers, and, and they, these thieves and robbers were the Pharisees. Jesus, the shepherd, gives spiritual life and access to spiritual food. Jesus is saying, open your Bible. You can always tell a non-believer or, or a believer that's struggling because they don't read their Bible. They always got to call you up and complain. Pastor, this and this and that and blah, 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 and blah, blah. And your ears are like, oh, that hurts. But, but, but you can see where they don't read their Bible. And I'm not bashing anyone. We all struggle. But it's when you open your Bible and you read. You grow. 
And verse 5 says, Yet they will know by no means follow a stranger, but will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of the strangers. Jesus used this illustration, but they didn't understand these things which he spoke to them, because Jesus, in verse 7, said, Again, most assuredly I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who ever came before me are thieves and robbers. But the sheep did not hear them. Jesus said in verse 9, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will, he will be saved and will go in, out, in and out and find pasture. Listen to this. I want to tell you something. You ever watch a sheep herder? In Israel, I would walk through the grass and I would see the sheep herders in the north. And I would, I would kind of be scared because there was cows. Man, there's cows and bulls, and I'm looking at this bull, man, and there's a bull in there, and he's got these big old horns. I'm like, man, bulls in Israel? Are you are you kidding me? Man, this is no bull. They're there. <laughs> I'm walking through the field, you know, I'm trying to get to the, you know, I'm trying to get across the street to, you know, go get some food, and here I am in Israel, and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm here, and I'm, 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 I'm walking through the, the sheep path, the herds, and you know, and the sheep are running away from me. And I'm thinking, okay, man, there comes a bull here. They're scared of the bull, man. No, they're scared of me because they don't know me. They're running away. And all you can see is, you know, the sheep herder on the side. I mean, I'm waving at him all the time. He knows me. I know him. You know, I'm not a wolf. But I'm looking at this bull and the bull's just looking at me. And I can see the bull, but the sheep, the sheep can see the bull in the bushes. I'm wondering, what is that? And the sheep are, I mean, they're running away from this bull. And the bull is just staring at me and staring at them. And you're not going to believe this. <laughs> I'm wearing a red shirt. <laughs> I know, it's crazy. I happen to be wearing a red shirt. Yeah, it says Coca-Cola in Hebrew. And I'm like, hey, it's a tourist shirt I got, you know. It's, it's cheap, you know. I threw it on and I'm like, what am I going to do now, man? And the sheep herder's looking at me like, ah, there's a bull, there's a bull, it's coming to you, man. And I'm just running, man. I'm running so fast. I'm running so fast. And the bull, I turn around, and the bull just walks up to me. Like, it's walking. I'm like, why is this bull not chasing me? Because the bull knows better. Anybody in that area, that sheep herder, that bull knows that that bull ain't going to be able to touch those sheep. And that sheep herder, listen, starts ringing this. He starts ringing this rod. Man. He starts whistling, starts screaming, and these sheep start coming to him. And the bull backs off because the bull knows that that sheep herder is going to discipline that bull. And I think that bull has been there a lot of times before. But what I'm trying to say is, is the sheep herder takes the sheep. And he lays them over his neck. And he opens the gate. And the gate opens. And all of them pass through. They all pass through. And not one is left behind. And the sheep herder always goes after that one sheep. And Jesus is here saying, I am the true shepherd. There's no way, uh, there's no way through this gate. And there's not even no bull can get through here. Because... Nobody could pass through this gate. There's no other way but through me, Jesus. And any other way, you can't do it. 
So Jesus is telling them in verse 7, Then Jesus said to them again, Most assuredly I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who ever come before me are thieves and robbers. But the sheep don't hear them because they don't know his voice. And when you become a believer and you receive Jesus in your heart, you become a believer, you'll start to hear the conviction of the Holy Spirit telling you it's wrong. What you're doing is wrong. And he says, I am the door in verse 9. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. And this this pasture is, is the food. It's the word of God. It's life, eternal life. It's and they may have it more abundantly. Jesus is saying, listen, the thief does not come except to steal. Okay? Okay? Listen to this. Except to steal and, and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. But a hireling he is who is not the shepherd. One who does not own the sheep sees the wolf coming and leaves. It's the sheep and he flees. And the wolf catches the sheep and he scatters them. And as believers, the enemy wants to scatter us. The wolf is someone that comes into the church, whether it's through a pyramid scam and he tries to gobble up you know, your, your, your sheep's finances or he tries to scatter your, 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 you know, he tries to teach a different message. And Jesus is saying there's no other way. Jesus is saying there's no other message. He's saying, I'm the good shepherd. And so we see, that, you know, the Pharisees acting in the capacity of these thieves and robbers. And we see how the thieves take lives and the shepherd gives abundantly. And so Jesus is life. He's eternal life. And not only endless, but we as believers can live forever if we receive Him and rest in Him. And the Good Shepherd cares for us. You see? And so a Good Shepherd will always be there for us. And Jesus is always there for us. There are some spiritual leaders, yes, we know this, man, they're hirelings. They, they get on the internet and the pulpit and they demand money and they, they, they want to mail you a special handkerchief that was prayed over by Mary, which is garbage and it's never happened. They want to, they want to teach you things that aren't true about how Jesus, you know, can't be God, but he is God. They want to, they want to, uh, you know, they want to make you think that, you know, and they don't go by the word of God. They don't teach it. Listen. It's, 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 we got to get into the word of God, you see? And Jesus is God. You know, the enemy wants to scatter us. He wants to come in as a wolf. He wants to come in dressed like a sheep, you know? He wants to act like he's a preacher, he wants to come in. He wants to see. He wants to to, to to scatter the sheep, the enemy, and then they come in all bites and sizes, man. They look. They you know they come in. The, they, I don't want you in church going. Okay, there's one right there. I see it. No, man. That's why Jesus says we need to test all things. We need to we need to examine the fruit and see what's going on. But as believers, we got to trust in Jesus. We got to we got to know that Jesus is going to be there for us and he is going to be there for us. 
the good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. Listen, John three sixteen sums it up. But opposed, to, you know, to everything else, Jesus is talking about, you know, him being the one for us. He's there for us. He's our shepherd. He laid his life for us. Listen, it, it you know, it says, "I am the good shepherd." In fourteen, I want you to listen to this close. I am the good shepherd, and I know my sheep. And, and he does. He knows us. And I am known by my own. And we know him. As the Father knows me, even so, I know the Father. There he is, three in one. And I, I laid down my life for my sheep. And he did on the cross. And other sheep I have, which are not of this fold, them also I must bring in, bring, and they will hear my voice. And there will be one flock and one, sh- one shepherd. It's simple. We got to stick to Jesus. We must follow the gospel. We must read the word of God. You don't want any other people coming in and stealing what Jesus has given you. The Bible says in verse 17 here, Therefore my father loves me because I laid down my life that I may take it again. No one has taken it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down and I have power to take it again. This command I have received from my father. Therefore there was a division among the Jews because of these saying. And many of them said he is a demon and is mad. And why do you listen to him? And and verse 21 says, Others said these are not the words of the one who has a demon can a demon open the eyes of the blind and so we've seen that last week but see people don't want to believe that it's they want see here's the thing man i'm going to be straight out with you you know we're living in the last days okay you know we're one flock and we as one flock have to stick together and you know Jesus offers us salvation, okay? And there's no gimmicks here. It, you know, people can't believe it because it's so simple that Jesus will give us eternal life. But they don't want to receive it, a lot of people, because they, they, they can't believe that it's spiritual and that it can be done so easily. And so Jesus is saying, you know, I am the way, Jesus is saying. And, and so... Others don't want to believe, but see, the opposition is, because the feast is coming, you know, is they don't want Jesus to be glorified. The Pharisees want to have all the control here. And the hirelings, they want to come in and divert you. And Jesus is saying in your life, don't let somebody come and divert you away from God's plan. Don't let somebody rob your joy. Don't let people tell you that you can't do something that you can do. Don't let others dictate your life. Don't let anybody tell you that you can't go to church or you can't read your Bible. Don't let the enemy condemn you. The Bible says it. Don't let anyone rob your goals that God has given you in this life. Listen, Jesus is the good shepherd and he's there to protect us. He's there for us no matter what. And here we go, man. We're going to get into where, 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 you know, the Feast of Dedication is coming to Jerusalem. In verse 22, he's getting in there. He's walking in there. And, you know, it's, it's, it's now the Feast of Dedication in Jerusalem. And it's, it's winter. 
For 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 Gentiles, it's Christmas. <laughs> for Jews, it's it's Hanukkah, and it was winter. And Jesus walked into the temple in Solomon's porch. Then the Jews Jews surrounded him and said to him, "How long do you keep us in doubt? If you were the Christ, tell us plainly." Man, now they want to know, like the National Enquirer. <laughs> But verse 25 says, Jesus answered him and said, I told you, and you do not believe the works that I do in my Father's name. They bear witness to me. The miracles that we talked about, in the very beginning we talked about them, seven miracles. We're getting into it. And now, the, you know, now we're getting into this. Listen, uh, verse 26 says, But you do not believe because you are not of my sheep. As I said to you, my sheep hear my voice. See, if they were born again and believed, and that's what it takes. Listen, believers, listen. He says, and I know them. Jesus says, I know them. And they follow me. And so, we're going to go to verse 28, but listen to this. This is what I'm talking about. If you're born again and you believe, if you receive them, you will hear his call. And, I, and he says in verse 28, and I give them eternal life. And they shall never perish Neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. And Jesus says, He will never let no one snatch you out of His hands. And to me, it's greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hand. And I, listen to this, verse 30, I and my Father's are one. Echad. Read Psalms 82, verse 6. You know, John chapter 8, verse you know, 59, Matthew 9, 3, John 5, 18. Listen, you know, then the Jews took up stones again to stone him, man. Jesus can't get any breaks. <laughs> Jesus answered them and said, Listen, many good works I have shown you from my Father. For which of those works do you stone me? Here we go again, man. And Jesus answered him saying, For a good work we do not stone you, but for blasphemy. Now they're bl now here it comes. And because you being a man, make yourself God. Jesus answered them, It is not written in your law. I said you are God's. If he called them gods to whom the word of God came in the scripture cannot be broken. We're going to get into that next week. But listen to this. Uh, you know, it says that in verse 36, Do you say of him who the Father sanctified and sent into the world? You are blasphemy because I, I said I am the Son of God. If I do not do the works of my Father, do not believe me. But if I do, though, you do not believe me. So, you know, he's either, he's, you know, it's, it's either, you know, they're not going to, they're going to, you know, Jesus is asking the Jewish leaders to at least consider his miracles because, you know, it indicated that he's demonstrated his deity. And so, let's focus on the facts, man. And we're going to get into this next week. And, 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 you know, but there's no other way. Jesus is saying there's no other way. You're either for me or against me. But he's saying that he loves you. And he wants you to come to him. And growing in his word is here verse by verse to show you that Jesus is real. He loves you and he has a plan for you. Don't let nobody take your joy. 1 John chapter 1, 2, and 3. Read it. It's a beautiful chapter. It was written for you, those first three chapters. 1 John. Not John. 1 John chapter 1, 2, and 3. Listen, don't let the devil rob your joy. Love others. Serve others. Serve Jesus and be free. You're free. Jesus set you free. You're one of his sheep. He's there to protect you. He's the good shepherd. He has the staff. Nobody can take that staff from him. That staff is his zapper. He zaps the wolves, the bad. The, he knows how to judge, how to sort the, 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 
the, the good from the bad, the rotten shepherds from the good shepherds. He knows the good pastors. He knows the bad pastors. We don't need to accuse any pastors or anybody. Just simply test all things. Watch the fruit. And believers, walk in the Spirit, in the Holy Spirit. Be in Christ. Christ is in you. Enjoy the mercy and the grace that Jesus has and the love. Walk in His goodness. Taste His goodness. You're His sheep. He's your Father. He will always be there for you no matter what. You can't take away the love that He has for you. Jesus loves you. And He's got a plan for you. No matter what you may be going through, He wants to restore you. He's done it for me. And He wants to do it for you. He's in love with you. He's your shepherd. But He's God. And He's proven He's God. Those miracles prove that He's God. So if anyone tells you on a bicycle or knocks on your door that He's not God, they're liars because they're wolves and they're coming in on another way. And we need to be careful because those miracles in itself testify that Jesus is the Messiah and He loves you. Father, we thank You, Lord, for just just this good time, Father, to, to meditate on Your Word, Lord, and just to see Your miracles. Lord, we love you, Jesus. You're the good shepherd. And you gave your life for us. And we know the hirelings are out there, Lord. But we know that you're going to bring out the, the, the hirelings and expose them. Because we know by their deeds and their fruit. Lord, we love you. We love your word. Father, in the beginning was the word. And the word, you know, was God. Not a God. And so we know that everything you do, Father, for us is, is, your, is your will in our lives. Right now, I want to just thank you, Jesus, for everything you've done. In Jesus' name, amen. And God bless you guys. Next week, we're going to get into uh, the rest of the chapter. I just wanted to go on over an overview here of John chapter 10. It's an overview. We're going to get into verse by verse next week on John chapter 10. We're going to get into it, man. And God bless you. And thank you for growing in his word. Um, God bless you guys, and, and, and we'll see you next week. God bless.